0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 Milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: The Frames Per Second Podcast. Fire, 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 fire.
2: What's going on? It's your boy, Nikki a.k.a. Mr. No Disrespect. And you now tune in to the Frames for Second Podcast. In this episode, we are reviewing the latest Spike Lee joint, uh, collaboration with Netflix as well, um, titled The Five Bloods. It's a present-day, past-day, uh, wartime uh, story about five guys who pretty much are on a scavenger hunt, slight, a slight scavenger hunt, and also just a bonding moment as well between four uh, war vets. Um, and we get to see just the good, bad, and ugly from all of them. Joining us, we don't have B on this one, but we got Nay, Mike, Ken, and Rob will join us uh, shortly. But, of course, how I start off with everything, what did y'all think about this uh, film? Was he like, like it, love
3: it, hate it? it I'm going to start with you, Nay. This um, one, may This ain't This, it.
4: this
2: ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> why you gotta look to the side make sure Rod can't hear you
4: no he gonna say the same thing probably worse than me Um oh for real damn this was this was mm, this one yet. and then I'm gonna leave it at that it. it ain't it I have notes and none of them was positive <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the angle of trying to um, to, to showcase, like, the effects that Vietnam had on, on our black men. I mean, I appreciate that. I wish they would have did it better.
1: I think Ooh. I liked it. Yeah, I think I liked it. It don't sound very convincing. Yeah, you said I think. Because that was the question that I asked myself after I finished. Um, I don't know if I was completely okay with the ending, Um but I mean, it was a lot to kind of, you know, um, I mean, we're talking about two and a half hours, so it was a lot to kind of really kind of go through and figure out, like, okay, because there were moments I really really liked, and then there were other moments that kind of really, like, it started to kind of fall off a little bit for me. So after it was over over with, I was like, that was that was alright. I don't, I didn't hate it, I didn't hate it, but, yeah.
3: Mike, go ahead.
1: Yeah,
2: I loved it. I loved it. I think it's, 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 I think it's his best thing since Inside Man. I really, really enjoyed this film. I liked it a whole lot more than Black Klansman, which I thought was fucking terrible. Um, But this one, I really, really enjoyed. It started off very, very slow. And for a good 45 minutes, I was like, man, I don't know about this. But after that 45 minutes, I was like, okay, I see what he's doing, and this is dope. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually really like this film, and I was actually going to start with my introduction saying, like, could, this, could Spike Lee be on another role? Even though Mike said he didn't like Black Klansmen, I feel like he is starting to get back into his bag when it comes to, knowing exactly, like, hitting the head, hitting the nail on the head. And I, I, I agree also with Mike that it starts off slow, but it's an interesting slow. As far as like, we start off with, of course, like how most Spike Lee movies start off with a montage of Black struggle or something like that, where he kind of said, he, he kind of puts you in the mindset of, the, of what you're about to experience. But then we also like, as soon as we get out of that, we just see five uh, Vietnam War old war vets kind of get back together like old school friends, and I really like that image, um, especially just seeing bow-legged Eddie walking down <laughs> the hotel to meet uh, to meet Otis and. And even then, when all the when all the uh, crew gets together, we we're talking about Eddie, Paul, David, Otis, and Melvin. Them going out, having drinks, having fun in, in a whole different country. We, we we don't really get to see a lot of black people, especially older black men, get together like this as friends and go travel together just for fun. Even though we learned that this mission isn't just about fun, but them coming together, I did really like the beginning part. What about y'all?
4: I think I, I can agree with you there. And initially, when we first started watching it, it was like because it was funny. Like it was like these are old men being old men, and it was it felt like um like some like the way I would see some of the older men in my family just kick it and just have fun with each other. So that was refreshing. And initially, I was like, oh okay, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really came, it came across really black and very relatable for me. Um, with the way they talk, the way they move, how they were dancing. How old they know. are? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did have a thought. I was like, man, like, what would we be like at 67 <laughs> Like, I thought when I saw him, I was like, damn. Are we going to be like that? Yeah, I, really, <laughs> I, I really, arguing,
2: yelling at each other, bickering.
1: <laughs> oh, man. But, um, but yeah, no, I I, I like that part, that brotherhood, that reunion, them having a good time before they went and you know taught business. Uh, they were questioning like why these dudes looking at me, and then they understood and kind of diffused themselves. So yeah, yeah, I, I rock with the with the early beginnings.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing too, kid. When they was dancing and stuff, I was like, this looked like how Dead End get down. <laughs> and they was at a
3: gathering. <laughs> Everybody
2: got their own vibe and their own set. Um, <laughs> I thought, so I appreciated that. But then even uh, down to like their relationship dynamic, I think, and we can even touch on his character right now, but just the character, like Paul. man was his name? Delroy Lindo? Yeah. His, like, what he brought to this film is what, he made me st- stick through this film. Because it's a long ass movie, so we ain't going to go scene for scene. But it, it he made me really want to just like focus in on what's going on, what, what is he dealing with, how does he relate to the rest of the guys? Like, even when they're sitting down and, and having that drink, and he's wearing the MAGA hat talking about he w- voted for Trump, and like the rest of his friends are kind of bagging on him. But at the end of the day, they still, because of what they went through in the war, they still protected him and still try to understand him regardless of what he was going through. I thought that was pretty dope as far as how they catered to Paul, even though they knew he was a lo- like a loose screw. They
1: didn't agree with his decision, but. Um, and they clowned for it at times But, you know, at the same time They, they can understand it, and that was their homie So, and I think that what I liked about that Is that, you know, it just showed that we're Not all a monolith, and that there were Black people that were out there Like, we already knew this anyway, but to put it on film You know, and show that Like, not only did he vote for Trump, he's wearing The fucking hat, you know And, and they're having a discussion about uh, You know, the things he did And the things he did, didn't do He was like, man, I'm gonna get mine You know, and that's what it is. Like, I'm not worried about anything else. So I rock with that.
2: What did you think of Paul, Mike? I mean, I thought thought what they did with him as far as being a Trump supporter and the way that idea and his kind of relation to Trump played out throughout the whole movie. I mean, I know we'll get into it, but like, you know, down to the way he was acting as far as being extremely selfish, um, down to being blatantly incorrect about shit, like when he's trying to correct, um, what's the French dude's name?
1: Uh, well, Daroche. De- De Deroche. or something like Daroche.
2: when he's talking to him about how America saved everybody in World War II, which just is not even close to being correct. <laughs> but this is some shit that Trump would do. You know, Trump would turn his back on his friends for money. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that the way that they that Spike drove that idea home was was really well done, and he acted his fucking ass off throughout this whole film. Yeah, Rod, uh, we're talking about Paul's uh, character, um, but also I just wanted to get your thoughts on the overall film, if you, whether you enjoyed it or not. But definitely, uh, Paul's character stands out, to, at least to, to me and Mike. As far as his performance in this film. What were your thoughts?
3: Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really enjoy this film like that. Um I like the idea of the film. I don't think I like the execution of the film. I did like um what's the name uh Del Rey. I, he did have a really good performance, but I knew that when I saw he was in it. That's a little bit oh, okay. um when I saw that he was in it, I was, I, I think I told you before I even saw the movie, I was like, oh, he's in it. I bet he does a great job, because I, I, I typically like him as an actor. I really don't like the, the shit dude, whatever his name is. Blake I, I Davis? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, for real? No, man, I don't. I, I don't I like Isaiah like Whitlock, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't like him in Black Klansman, so when I saw him, I, I really, especially because he was trying to play a kind of serious role at points. I just don't see him like that, man. And um, I didn't even know the other guy or whatnot. Eddie? But, yeah, Eddie, Eddie. Eddie. Oh, Eddie you didn't know. Okay, I thought you meant Eddie. Yeah, I didn't know Eddie. Yeah, I know Chad uh what's the name, Chad Bowser? Chad No, yeah. that's
2: that's Norman. You know Otis from The Wire.
3: Yeah, I know Otis from The Wire, but I ain't really like him either. What? Yeah, he was basically playing the same character. <laughs> I I know. I know I, that, I I didn't like him on the I didn't like him like that on the wire either, but but um but anyway anyway with that all that being said again I think I I like the idea of the movie I just didn't like the execution of it it it, it was just too many things that I, I I was rolling my eyes at
2: so I think because since this is a long winded movie I'm gonna jump around a little bit but Rod at least the, for the beginning part of it, it sounds like you and they kind of maybe were intrigued by the setup because you guys saying you like the idea and you maybe w- wanted to see where it was going to go. But when they get closer to, like, being, like, on their way to the jungle, because we find out that they're not only trying to look for their fallen soldier, their brother, as far as Chadwick Boseman's character, but they're also looking for the gold that they hid, that right. they found while they were out in the Vietnam War. Um, was it at that point when they were on that journey, when they were getting to the jungle – When you were seeing the battle scenes, like did you even find that part interesting as far as like how they mixed in like, I guess it looked like war footage with like them actually, you know, battling it out?
4: For me, the flashbacks is what initially took me completely out of the movie. I'm supposed to believe that back in the 70s these niggas look the same way that they look now. Like they look like old
2: niggas in the the jungle. I think, but did, did you not, hold on. At the end of the movie. That was intentional. Yeah, that was intentional. Why? Right, you want to say it Nick I mean yeah, go ahead I, I, I can't say it all Mike go ahead <laughs> so there, there, were, there were two reasons it was intentional one is because Spike Lee literally didn't have the money because you know this is a movie he's been trying to make for years and they he just wasn't getting the funding so he got some of the money but he didn't get as much as he needed to make the movie so it was supposed to be younger actors but then he was like well shit it would make sense for me to use these old dudes still back in the day, because he's trying to drive home this idea of these guys are still stuck in Vietnam. They've not moved on. Like the whole movie is kind of a testament to how black people's past affects their present and their future. These dudes were in Vietnam and ever since they left Vietnam, mentally, they never left Vietnam.
3: I feel like you can still do that with other actors and I get that. And I and I figured maybe it was a funding thing, but, but I also like you, it's so many people that would love to be in a Spike Lee film, probably with no pay. Like, like I'm sure there's plenty of talented actors out there that would love to play these roles in this movie uh, in order for that to happen. There's other things that you can do to convey that, that what you're saying is for us them still being stuck there.
2: No, I'm with you, Rod. Like when I first, when I first watched it, and even now, that is still my one critique that I have, is mm-hmm. I thought that was clunky as hell. Yeah. But once it was over and I thought about it, I still think it's clunky, but I'm not as bothered by it because I see that it does actually make sense. Well, I it, thought they it. were – I was going to say, I thought it was also because of, like, the, since they, they used the de effect at the end when they did that photo shoot, of like all five, I think yeah, all five of them together, even with uh Chadwick Boseman's character, mm-hmm. I thought it was more about that they couldn't afford to do the de aging for the whole movie. Kind of like how, yeah. So yeah. like, so like maybe, spent, apparently. yeah. So maybe it was supposed to be de aged. Like maybe that it, it wasn't even supposed to be younger actors. Probably by the time that they wanted to shoot, like what if he was just trying to be like, let's just do the de thing. But right. since that couldn't go, it's just like fuck it. Let's just do what we got. We'll just de age him at the end. To show you, this is what they really looked like when they were younger,
3: instead of what we saw on screen. Apparently,
2: it's a hundred million to de-age somebody for a movie. I didn't know that.
3: Oh yeah, de-aging is, is a new technology that costs a grip. And that's yeah. yeah I want to say, um, um, uh, Scorsese was saying just how much it was. You know, you got to use like this certain this certain kind of camera to do it. it it's just it's just so so difficult. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm with name man. That really that really made it a little disjointed because it it affected a lot of other things like like them climbing up the hill like it's hard to believe that okay these these guys are climbing up this hill with big backpacks they they're old as hell and it's like it it kind of takes you out of it but i think they made it pretty clear that they
2: weren't climbing the hill very easily they were struggling yeah yeah i know they were
3: struggling but it was just it just wasn't believable hmm it wasn't yeah. people, man. It, it, what, that's one of them roll my eyes moment. Like, I, I just don't believe this. I, I think
1: the thing about the the fighting scene when they were trying to give us a glimpse of what they were like, the only critique I had about that, uh, in addition to what you guys were saying for me, was um, they didn't really come off as badasses to me. And, you know, when I was watching them go through, like, I think their uh, fighting, you know, techniques and cover this and cover that, um, you know, the Viacon just ultimately just ended up leaving. So I didn't really get a sense, like, these motherfuckers are not to be fucked with. That's a small critique, but, you know, one of the guys said he did three tours, and he told him he said, I'm going to kill tougher motherfuckers than you. You know, so, um, but that was it. You know, like, I really wanted to see him, like, you know, like, show me that y'all can fuck some motherfuckers up.
2: At 70?
1: No, no, no. With, with it, it was supposed to be the flashback.
2: Yeah, oh, which which flashback are you talking about?
1: When when uh, Norman was part of them, so when they flashback to Norman, so when they got shot out of the helicopter, mm-hmm. and were on the ground, and they didn't even have uh, tactical advantage, like oh that part, had, yeah, so that was it.
2: They fucked him up. He had that little funk gun, funk funk. He fucked him up.
1: When that was this Chad.
2: he you know about <laughs> John Wick. Like this is this is <laughs> <laughs> this is one thing. But that was Chad though. Huh? That was Chadwick doing that. Oh, I thought you were saying, I said you want John Wick. I thought
3: you said, well, that's Chad. Wick. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was the time, it, the time it was kind of crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> that would be funny.
2: Nah, but I mean, this is one thing that I did see that, like, people were saying is that this, this movie was a lot more realistic as far as how they depicted people in Vietnam than just about any other film. So, I mean, yeah, in a war situation, it's not gonna beat dudes jumping out, black, 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 like in Walking Dead or nothing like that. Like, and they mention it in the film too, because they talk about like, oh, we don't like Sylvester Stallone or uh, these other guys who glorify uh, the war and, and like with the Rambo's and stuff like that. Like, I want, he even said I forgot the name, but they obviously with Spike Lee, he was dropping a lot of knowledge as far as like the historical context and the real heroes of war, especially during the Vietnam time. So he mentioned a few other people that he was like, I'd rather see a movie about them and their story. So it kind of just relates it back like, this is meant to be realistic. This isn't meant to be, like you said, John Wick with black people. Right.
4: Yeah, I just think for me, if it would have been, because I felt like even in the fight scenes when they were running and things, it just, to saying it didn't look believable, it just did, It didn't, they looked older even in the flashback scenes to me. So if they had younger actors who were more nimble and more able to run a little bit quicker, it, it would have felt more real to me. It would have felt like, to me, as someone who has no war experience, it would have felt more like a war and like they were badasses if I saw them at least running.
2: <laughs> but I mean, every, every soldier is gonna come back from Vietnam or a war situation, and tell maybe people that weren't there how much of a badass they were. I never really took from this film that they really were these, like, gangster ass dudes really going over there fucking everybody up. That's just how they talk. Like, oh, we were the baddest motherfuckers in the, in, the, in the unit. Could nobody fuck with us? In reality, like, yeah, those dudes were kind of fucking y'all up a little bit at multiple points throughout the film.
3: I mean, but since it's five, three tours, that does say something about you as a tours, so- right.
2: Right, but, yeah. but that was lucky. But that was Paul, exactly. though. I don't know about anybody else. No one else talked about how how many tours they did. I don't know if they did them all together, or or they just signify like this. The tour that they were all <laughs> on was the one that bonded them, so that's the one they focus on.
1: I think but Paul no one else did three.
2: Huh.
1: I think Paul was the only one that did three.
2: Yeah, yeah that's what I was and saying. It feels I feels think-
1: like he went, and I don't know which one where he killed Norman, but you know, it feels like he may have went back. Intentionally, because he couldn't deal with what he did.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's but what he even looked at the end. Say what? That's what he says at the end. Mm-hmm.
1: That he did more tours because of that.
3: No, that that he went back to to face his, his mm-hmm. demons. Oh well.
1: yeah, yeah. I know why he went back as he was old, but I'm talking about like
2: during the time why he right. was going back touring.
3: Oh, okay, I got you.
1: Yeah, because right yeah. they but do that can- shit. Yeah, when they get all fucked up like that, they just go back.
2: But that's what, all they know is war. I huh? I'm sorry. I was talking over you. Go ahead. No, you good. I was yeah. just saying that's all they know. Yep. You know, like when they come back, they're, they feel like they're treated worse than they were treated over there. So they're like, well, we may as well just stay over here. I know how to fight. I know how to shoot. I'm used to bullets flying by my head. What I'm not used to is coming back to the United States and having people treat me. Because, I mean, you got to think about that war most Americans at that point weren't for that war. They knew that war was bullshit. And a lot of people didn't know where to place their blame. So they placed it on the soldiers. So you had all these black men who really didn't have a lot of options. They couldn't get good jobs at that point. So they're like, well, shit, I can either be broke, poor, and not provide for my family, or I can go to fucking Vietnam, fight for my, fight for my country, make a bunch of money or whatever. And that's what they did. So, Paul's character, he's just like, well, I know war. I know how it feels to be over there. I don't like how I'm feeling here, so let me just go back. Yeah, I I found it interesting as far as, like, to to that point that you were mentioning between you and Ken, uh, Mike and Ken. um, What did y'all think about the scene as far as, like, when they found out that MLK died and, like, it was over that Vietnam radio and what they were trying to tell the black troops? It reminded me of that episode of Watchmen where they kind of did the same thing where it was just like, why are y'all fighting this war when y'all not even respected by the country y'all fighting for?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I I love that. And I like how they used it throughout the film to kind of, you know, um, you know, as, as Mike discussed earlier, like they were conflicted about that whole situation. And when you're mistreated in, in America and you're looked as less than a person, when, as they said in the film, they're letting white people go to college and get jobs. And they're just sending, not only sending the black people over there, but sending them on the front lines, like first infantry and shit. You know, it's like, why are you fighting this war when we can treat you so much better here? And that was some real shit that they were hearing, you know, at that time. And there was a lot of conflict and struggle with communism and socialism and all this shit. You know, and when you go back and read about that shit, that's why a lot of those ideas were so prevalent because they were hearing that stuff, you know, while they were fighting. And, you know, from what I've seen, you know, most of that stuff was really sincere.
3: Yeah. it's crazy, man. Like, like I had just had a conversation with, remember I told y'all I work with the Black History Museum a lot, and I was talking with the president of the Black History Museum, and he was just talking about that quote from Ali when He was just like how you know going to fight the, you know the white man's war and why, why would I fight this war? They ain't said, they ain't call me a nigga. They ain't, they ain't did this and did that. I, I thought it was just interesting that the movie started out like that. I'm like damn, I just had that conversation.
1: And, and she said it. She um, oh, yeah. Tim was the one that said. She, what did she say? Uh, that you know I'm a whore. You know you're a meow, and that's the word that they taught me. They mm-hmm. taught me what the word nigga was. Mm-hmm. so there was no way I could tell you that this was your daughter or the real truth about that whole situation or we all be fucked up you
3: say?
2: Now, how you feel about that older situation you about to say something else though so, uh, about, hold on, say about what the older situation and his daughter and, and how that was okay. introduced in the film
4: yeah, I, I saw I guess that so it was, what I was going to say is that it was weird timing for me watching it too because we just saw um, one of my good friend's son off. He just went to the Army Reserve. Mm. So it was like really weird timing because we were watching him and kind of having that conversation with him about his decision to go off to the Army. And now I'm coming here watching this. So it was a, it was really weird timing for me also. And I did not like that whole um, thing with the daughter. It's like... It was so on the nose, and it was so obvious, and it just a lot of the things like to Rod's point. I like what they were trying to say, but the way they did it just felt cliche to me. It just felt real. Yeah, it just mm, I didn't
2: like it. About the the daughter part. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't need, That was my other critique. Is it didn't make sense when I first watched it because I was like, this chick looks like she's like twenty three shouldn't she be like 45 at this point but that's another small critique but I didn't really like that either it didn't really seem like it had a purpose
4: right what was the point it I hate to say it but it felt Tyler Perry it's like what was the mm-hmm. need for that like you could have communicated the conflict of him falling in love with a woman in Vietnam and him being a black soldier without oh you have this mystery daughter that I couldn't tell you about like why
1: but that happens I, a lot though
4: I'm sure it happens a lot but what was the point
1: of it for this story I I think I think it was what I gathered from it was the small part where you know like she didn't like the whole um nigger part where she was like they taught me what the word nigger was we didn't have that word in our language for you so you take that one small part and then add that to the radio propaganda that they were hearing and I think that's the connection that I made between that
3: I'll tell you what I thought because I, I I I don't know if I've heard these stories. I just kind of knew of these stories. But, like, I've heard, like, like uh, military guys just make jokes with other guys saying, like, yo, I, don't, I got some babies overseas. I don't even know.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know what I'm saying? I've, I've heard those conversations before. And, and I, that's what I kind of took from that scene. Like, oh, yeah, that's real shit because, you know, they're not going to reach back out and be like, yo, call them on the phone. Like, hey, I need you to pay these bills. <laughs> Or well, I need you to, to help me raise this child because they know that more than likely than not, if, you know, or, or they may not even know that, you know, whose child it is. I, I don't know. But I, I have heard that. I don't know if that's a stereotype, but I have heard that, you know, dude saying, like, what are you said, you Yeah, you've heard that too?
2: No, when you said, I don't know if it's a stereotype, I was saying okay.
3: it's not. I
2: was listening to you
3: got you got you yeah that that yeah they people don't even know if they have children mm-hmm. I mean shit that that happens in 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 our country like <laughs> like I don't know if I got a, a baby in California or uh, uh San Diego, you know like but just imagine overseas in Vietnam like you definitely don't know there
2: like Yeah Yeah prostitution was a very big thing over there so I mean, these guys are over there for so long of course they mm-hmm. they're going to make a mistake you know what i'm saying pull yeah. but i mean i thought i thought it was interesting that that they had the the propaganda lady that was on there um i don't know how to pronounce her name but it looks like hanoi hannah but she was actually like a real person mm. that was doing these radio broadcasts where she was actually speaking in english and you can go you can go find some of her 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 broadcast or whatever but it's actually interesting because some of them she was directly speaking to black people because we were such a large number of the soldiers over there. And she's like, why are you here when your own country doesn't give a fuck about you? Why are you over here destroying our country? And I thought it was really dope that Spike Lee put that in there and made it so accurate.
3: And to that, and to that point, Mike, that's, that's why I'm real careful how I criticize Spike Lee because I know he just don't do, do shit just to do it. And he has, like, historical references to things. So that's why I, went, I know he's very intentional with, what, with his work. So even though, like, some stuff may land flat for me or I may not understand it fully, I know that that's always some sort of reason why Spike Lee does something. Else.
1: I'm sorry. I didn't no, no, no. Go ahead.
4: So if that's the case, I have a question. Does anybody know what was meant by the Jordans that he was chasing on the boat?
2: Oh, that was just showing, once again, America's materialism. Like, there were people – someone had thrown the shoes on the – the whatever that was. I guess it wasn't really a telephone like line. A
3: power, it was like a power
2: got, line. Got a power line. I don't think that scene really meant that much. I thought it was actually kind of funny that he was trying to get those Jordans off of, off of the power line. You're over there in a foreign country, 100-and-something degree weather. And that's you, you still want Jordans. Right. And that's what you're focusing on is some shoes yeah
3: yeah that one that one kind of came off corny to me um really yeah it did because i mean because lee does that in his movies right they had the like, shoes because it's a new like new york scene and they have it so i was like okay yeah what like why i mean and but then Nate, you actually made a point during the movies like well don't they make them over there mm-hmm. and i was just like huh that's an interesting point right in that vietnam they- I don't know. Like I, I don't know if they do or not. They
4: may make them overseas. They don't. I don't think they make them here. And, they, and they come
3: easy over there. Like something that's so like. Cause those are like, like really exclusive twelves. Michael Jordan twelves. Oh, and, so like, yeah. So they so those were exclusive shoes. So that that's why he was trying to get them. Like he was like, and they, they were laughing at him. So I was just like, okay, what was the point of that? I, I just didn't get it.
2: Well that makes even more sense then if they're if they're super exclusive. Sho- I just thought they were just a pair of fucking shoes.
3: <laughs> no, nah, if- they're there- this
2: So are those like really expensive shoes here? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well then yeah, it would it 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 totally makes sense then. If if somebody threw those shoes up there, it makes sense why he would be trying to trying to get them.
3: It makes sense though, as to why he would try to get those shoes, but why are those shoes there? Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I asked that question, but I just, I just went with it. I was like, because I, I I thought what the message that he was trying to convey was more important. important when I watched it. Then how did the shoes get there? But as soon as he as soon as he couldn't get them, I was like, who the fuck put those shoes up there? <laughs> that's exactly what I said. That's it. but I was like, okay, all right.
3: And those type of shoes that are all type of shoes. Like those aren't just some fuck around beat up shoes. Those are some Like I said, some exclusive
1: shoes. Maybe it was was a nigga trap.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What did y'all think about uh, Storm and Norman, Chadwick Boseman's character, and how he was the glue pretty much for this whole movie without being like a main, like in in a lot of the scenes that were really impactful?
3: Wait, before that, though, going back to the boat, did y'all think... It was a little too much when the, when the guy came and he was harassing him about the chicken. That seemed like that lasted way too long. Great. Really? Tell me why.
2: Because that shit happens. Like, that dude is probably shit poor, and they think that everybody in America is rich. So he kept asking him, chicken, 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 do you want the chicken? Do you want the chicken? And obviously, he didn't understand the language fully. I'm sure he knows the word no. But he probably thinks if he keeps asking that eventually they'll give in and buy it. And I thought that the way that they played that scene out to where it got to a point where Paul just flipped the fuck out. I thought that scene was great. You thought it went too long from the the Asian guy's perspective?
3: Well, uh, okay, so they did it the first time, right, with the guy that had the one leg when they were inside the bar. He came and was asking them to buy I forgot what asking it was. For money. Asking for asking money, for money. And, they did it again, and he went off. And so they did it again with that scene. I'm like, okay, why are they trying to drive this home? Like
2: Because I, that's what happens. Because that because they I think that whole scene was to set up the part about you killed my parents.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because that's how that's how a lot of them view Americans. American no, like-
3: that part, I, I do. I like that part. It, it's just more so the the drag. The, I just feel like it was dragged drag, dragged out a little, a
2: little, a little. But think about it: when you were watching that scene, you were getting really fucking annoyed with that chicken man, weren't you? No,
4: I'm
1: no. Getting I, I we still it. dealing with this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh, because I'm, like, I'm hearing him speak, say no in his language. So I'm like, okay, I right. told you no in in your native tongue, and then even in the American tongue. And that's what he told Vin. He was like, no means no, just it's a universal thing. Mm-hmm. I don't get why he, why he keeps persisting, but I understood because I, I, I feel rather right on the, on how extended it was. But when he said the line, I haven't sold the chicken all day. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. That's why, because he's desperate right. to make a sale to go back home to sell to his family. And then both of them just kind of snapped. The other I thought, question, I was like, "Why is it taking Vinny so long to get his ass over here? It's a small ass boat."
4: <laughs> what I will say that I did like about that scene is how, because he flipped out, he then uh, he then offended what's his name, the tourist Vin? Is it the yeah. tourist Vin? Then yeah, because then he called him a gook, and they was like, "They know what that means." Though. Like I know what that means. So it's like now, in your frustration, you've pissed off all everybody else, like everybody else in the boat, and now you got an even deeper situation
3: because this nigga asked you it.
2: Another callback to Trump.
3: Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the callback?
2: So, oh whoa. yeah, I know.
3: I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I really love that. I like that scene because it leads to them opening up about Paul's PTSD, and and then also just the rest of the group opening about opening up about the demons that they struggle with. But Paul is like, "Nah, mine's is worse because I see Norman every night, which is him. talking to me and." That made me want to ask y'all again, like as far as like Storm and Norman chat with Bozeman's character. Did y'all did y'all like his performance? Did y'all like his presence in the film?
3: I still see him as, as King T'Challa, man. And you I think I said T'Challa this on the else, there. huh? He could be King T'Challa over there. Maybe that's where T'Challa started. He started over in Vietnam, became Black Panther <laughs> later. Yeah, I, I said this on the on something else we did, man. I I can't unsee him as that for some reason.
1: Um. I, 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 his revolution, I think he was like, so I've been trying to figure out how I felt about him because at, at some points he hit and, and others he didn't. Oh yes. Um, and, and that was the thing, like, um, when they had the conversation about, you know, we got to go back and we got to give to our people or something along those lines. And he kind of, he said, you guys would, um, basically sit over my dead body. And he brought everybody together to do the whole little fist thing. Um, but then they proceeded to waste all them goddamn bullets. And I'm like, what the hell? You're giving up your position shooting in the goddamn sky. And you might need those goddamn bullets later on. Which
3: was I'm- another moment that takes me out. I'm like, okay. like, no. it, it, just, it was just too many moments that took me out. And that was one, too. Yeah. But you was making a face. I'm like, what was the face for?
2: At Zoe. Oh. oh. But, um, but... I mean, I do disagree with both of you, but that wasn't why I was making a favor. Yeah,
1: but but him being, like, the centerpiece and him coming back later on after they got the gold and um, how it really messed... Like, Eddie really wanted to give the money out and how, ultimately, that's what ended up happening in some aspects in the end. Like, they ended up fulfilling his, his, his wishes. Um, you know, I understood, but, you know, uh, it, it didn't fully come together with him with me because one of the things that I guess messed me up he was like he's the baddest soldier you ever know and I know they talk glowingly about their time but I'm like I didn't see a badass soldier when he was up there well
4: I'll say this I feel like his character was less about his character and more about what he represented to the soldiers is what I gathered from it and I think it was more about Like the things that he said and the way he kept them as a unit through that time Mm -hmm. and through war. So I appreciated that to me was like when we say like I appreciated what this movie was trying to say and the way it showed like the camaraderie of the camaraderie these soldiers had during this time period in this war. But in terms of Chadwick, sometimes some of his – he overacts sometimes to me. So some of the things and some of the monologues didn't necessarily hit. However, I think they did a good job of portraying his, his position in these men's life. So That's you good. like
3: Norman – so, Mike, you like Nor, Norman's screen time?
2: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm going to say it again. Y'all have to get away from this. They're a badass or they have to act like Rambo you have to step away from that. That's not what, that's, I don't think that that's the point that they were trying to drive home. I think Nate's correct. When he, when she said that when they're talking about he was the baddest soldier, they weren't talking about, he's going to run out and shoot everybody up like Optimus Prime. They're saying like he was a leader when they didn't really have a leader. Like when they, they weren't talking about, let's go home and help our people. When they found out that MLK was assassinated, they were talking about, let's go home and fuck shit up. and. Norman was like, no, y'all need to calm down. Over my dead body, am I going to allow y'all to leave here, go home, and act violently and do whatever, whatever, whatever. He was the one that was always... He was supposed to be like their Martin Luther King, which I hate always bringing him up, but he was supposed to be like their Martin Luther King character. But well, um, Otis even says, he was like, he was our Martin and Malcolm. Like, right. He knew one to he be violent. And he, up. Yeah. I thought I mean I get it he he did he does overact but I I I I take less of that from Chadwick and I put more of that on Spike Lee cuz I feel like every single Spike Lee film he makes actors do that shit. So I I think that that was intentional. He was supposed to be like this Messiah character and they were driving that point in a bit much. Like even when they had him sitting in that chair with the things that looked like the Game of Thrones chair, it was like, "All right, we get it."
3: Well, it looked like Huey P. Newton most Mm -hmm. to me. No, I'm saying that the wait, what now? It looked like Huey P. Newton. It looked like a, it looked like a, not a replica, but it looked more like Huey P. than than anything
2: for me. The chair
3: did. Yeah, I don't know that. You ever seen that picture? Yeah, the Wicker Chair picture with Huey P. Newton. The Wicker Chair when he's sitting in the Wicker Chair. I don't know that I know that picture. You, you've seen it. You probably didn't. didn't I realize.
2: just don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure you're right then. I, I, I took it as more of that, those, those Jesus auras, but you're probably right. Maybe that's what they were going for.
1: I think the Messiah thing was what what kind of brought me in and out of it at times. I love what he told them about the speech. It was like, you know, have a purpose. Right. And they didn't have a purpose. They just, they wanted rage. And you know, he was like, what is that going to accomplish?
0: Mm-hmm. I love
1: the messaging there. Um, it's just, the it It felt like Ch- um, Norman, Stormy Norman, and he was, but it felt at times like he, like Paul was the one that had the most issue with him, and then the others, it felt like the others didn't love him as much as they did until they dug him up. And that's when I, I saw, like, them really <laughs> pervaded, convey convey like their love and, and compassion for the guy. They talk glowingly about him, but Paul was the one, obviously because he killed him, that was really bothered and and he was like a demon and a weight over his his his, his soul throughout the whole show. Movie.
2: I disagree with that part too. I think that they look I, I don't know, was your dad in Nam, Ken?
1: Uh my uncle served and I think my dad went over there too, yeah.
2: My dad was in Nam. Yeah. And I saw every bit of him in these dudes. The way he acts. They they're like a lot of those dudes, they don't just come out and be like, Man, I love you. I just want to tell you I love you. They don't do that. Because that's not the way that 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 they were taught to be in the military. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think that throughout the movie, those dudes in their own way showed that they loved Storm and Norman. But you're right paul joden in a different way because he's the one who killed storm and norman yeah. and the other dudes didn't know that they thought storm and norman went out in battle he was killed by the Viet Cong. so i mean yeah they talked glowingly of him but i definitely felt like they really loved this guy because all the things that storm and norman was saying back then it sunk in with these guys way later
1: mm-hmm. and they
2: started to realize damn this dude was right 40 years ago and look mm-hmm. at us now
4: yeah. Because even Eddie had a picture of him as soon as they got to the hotel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. So that- I got the impression that they all like loved him. It's just that Paul had a different type of. Initially, until I realized that he killed him, I, I thought just Paul was just had a, a worse PTSD and had a harder time dealing with his death and dealing with the loss of him than everyone else. But as the movie went on, we realized because he had personal demons about the way he died.
2: You know what I thought they were going to do? I thought he was going to be gay. Yes, Nick. Me too. I thought that they were going to make it to where Paul and Norman were having a relationship. And I was going to be fucking annoyed. Not, of course, on some, like, anti-LGBT type of thing. I was going to be annoyed because that would have been such a corny route to go with this. Mm -hmm. I never got
3: that. I never got that. I just thought
2: he
4: had severe
2: PTSD. Nah, because it was just, like, he was so close compared to everyone else, like y'all pointed out. It felt like there was a unique relationship there that – and especially with him being the last person that he saw alive. Because, like, I think before we find out that he killed him is that there was a scene where uh, Paul goes up to Otis and, like, and he's like, where's Norm? He's like, he got shot down. He's gone.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I felt
2: felt maybe he lost his lover in battle, and it was like, you know, that messes you up a little bit more than anything else, too. I I mean, that was –
1: no, I and I, I could see exactly how y'all could see that. But it was at that moment, I was like, I had a suspicion that he killed him. But it was in that moment where I was like, oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure he killed him. Because he was the only one that constantly seen this guy every single night. He was, like, tortured by this guy. And I'm like, it. the only reason why it would, he would be that tortured is if he – was responsible for his death in some kind of way, whether he killed him or whether he left him, you know, and, and uh, you know, in under fire or something like that. And you know, what happened, but I, I can totally see what you guys are saying. though.
2: I never once thought he killed him. Like
1: when that, really? yeah, bro, when that
2: happened, I was, I was in my seat like, oh, no, <laughs> no. I was clutching my pearls the whole night. I was like, bro, I did not see that coming at all. At all. I expected when that, when that, I can't remember if it was a a man or a woman, but that person, when they were coming up around the back, I was like, okay, this is when Norman dies. I thought that person was going to come up there, and they were going to kill Norman. Mm -hmm.
4: Oh, you didn't get it when he showed them
2: the bullet room? No, 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 no. I'm saying before... before I was thinking that that woman was going to be the one to kill Norman. So when Paul turned around and sprayed, that shit fucked me up. And then it was like, now I get why he's like this. Yeah. Now now I get why he's he's so fascinated with Trump and why he's so quick to get angry. I get it. He's been sitting on this shit for 40 years.
4: How does that translate to him being, being a Trump supporter?
2: Because I think it's the whole make America great again. Like he's wearing that hat. And I think that in his mind, it was almost like Things were, were great before all of this stuff happened. So he's like, maybe if, like, if I can force myself to go back to this time, when before this shit happened, that's when my life was great. And I think he looks at Trump, like the same way a lot of downtrodden people look at Trump. They think, you know, I've been down in the dumps. And if this guy who has no political background can make it, then so can I. And I think that's what was in Paul's head. So it was like all of these things throughout the film, I kind of want to go back and watch it again, but it's so fucking long, but all of those things make so much more sense when we find out that he's the one that shot him. I I gave up on the the gay thing based off of like, once I found out, once his son was talking about his mother and how much he loved his mother and how that affected their relationship. Mm -hmm. Once we find out how uh, David was conceived or not conceived, but his birth and all that, then I realized like, okay, it must be something else. He must've killed him
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskeli Ribocyclob 200 mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskeli is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskeli Ribocyclob 200 mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskeli is right for you.
2: Paul and David's relationship, even off rip, (laughs) I didn't. You kind of knew he was related to him somehow, some way, but you didn't know in what extent. And then when you find out it's his son, you see basically the relationship play out for the rest of the film. Is it safe to say it was? It's a horrible yet beautiful relationship that they have (laughs) as father and son. Huh? Because like. Beautiful about that man. It was. It was terrible. But, I mean, even at the end, like that letter at the end how he gave him, like, he you don't think awesome. that was nice? No. He, he wrote that before he called him a, a backstabber and left him to die. Well, he had PTSD. He, his mind was a little off anyway. Right. So, I don't see the beauty.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's no, it don't matter. There's no beauty in that. That shit hurts, man. Yeah.
4: The only beautiful moment was when he told him he loved him. And I thought maybe it'd be more of that. But then it went in the opposite direction
1: you talking about when um, when he thought he saw something? Yeah. Like, man, when I tell y'all, I laugh when he said, that's no goddamn monkey. <laughs> when he said that. <laughs> 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 he was, No goddamn monkey. That
2: was some black It was. <laughs> ain't no goddamn monkey. Oh, shit, that's that a should wrap
1: me up. But yeah, they had a tender moment there, which I thought was weird because they you could tell it was they had a strained relationship. And then, you know, he kind of conveyed his his emotions there. Um I think I was, you know, I definitely thought about my dad because my dad wasn't a very emotional guy. Right. And throughout this film, I thought about him and like the things that he never even shared, and some of the stuff he started to share when he got late. I thought about my uncle who was kind of like Paul itself, he was just completely gone, like he was like Paul and the guy that was on the drugs like as as well as self you know he became an addict, so um there was a lot of things that I could relate to there, but you know that that longing to have like that close relationship with your father that you never get because you know of their situations they you know have to be somewhat detached and you know, that was my father. My father didn't start telling me he loved me until he was about to damn die. Damn. So, until he was late, late, late in his in his mm-hmm. years, man. And I was in my 30s or 40s, so.
3: Yeah. Um, I know it's moving ahead, but I I did like the moment of them when, you know, obviously he was on that landline. That's probably one of my favorite scenes.
2: Yes. That was dope
3: that was a moment for me I felt that one. like I really 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 felt that one so I felt the love and compassion there in that moment
2: did you see Eddie coming though I did I saw that a mile away I was like he's about to. he he was yeah Yeah. like who walks like that who walks backwards like
1: that I was like they said he walked they said he even walked backwards pitching yeah
2: that was funny (laughs) as shit though it wasn't it was,
4: I think. It, <laughs> it was. It was. Why, it was no, it wasn't them. because it was so obvious. It was so. I, I was. I honestly, I didn't think it was going to be a landmine. That shocked me. I thought it was going to be the little. Um, when they showed the little Vietnam, um, yeah. the, people, the little soldiers or whatever, I thought they were going to shoot them. But it was so obvious, and it's like I don't. I didn't know if they were trying to crack a joke to defuse the fact that it was obvious. It just.
2: Uh, just. That's weird. like some old people would say, though, don't it? He even
3: walked back with pictures. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you
3: know, they were some true old niggas like that. That's what I will give them. They were some. I mean, you couldn't get any driller than them. Like as far as being and old, until they started calling each other "jive
4: turkeys."
1: And I'm the
3: baddest. They
1: never kid. let it go, though. No. <laughs> they, 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 they never <laughs> let that shit go.
3: <laughs> yeah. My God, I'm... they don't. They don't. But um. <laughs> But speaking of speaking of pigeon toe, like that dude had extreme pigeon toe. Like, they, like <laughs> in the, in the, in the military, don't that. Like, I'm serious. Right, that's a good question. <laughs> the guy was can't run. Cause I was like, yo, yo and that's and little stuff like that takes me out. Like I'm like. They let pigeontoe
2: niggas in the in, the, in They the would. Dream. They
1: would let him in there because he's black and they don't care about him.
2: Right. Exactly. I was gonna say that. That right. was my What's, point. I don't, I don't know, Nate.
3: You can't run pigeontoe. That is not. That is not. That is not. He th- were just running a circle because he. can't... That <laughs> <run. laughs> That is not threatening at all. If I saw a Toad nigga coming at me with a with an AK forty seven. Nah, because
2: he, hey, Rod. Right. He running like Martin did off of life when he yeah, stole that pot.
3: <laughs> hey, can you imagine the whole front line of niggas just pigeon toed? Like, oh, we're about to take these niggas out. We're about to take these niggas out. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Yo, stupid. It was but extreme. I, I get the people that's kind of pigeon toed, but
1: it was extreme. It probably got more extreme as he got older, Rod. <laughs> 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 but, but I I so so the thing about the landmines cuz I knew that that was put in there for a reason.
2: Yeah.
1: I thought the goal was going to be goddamn landmines. Me too.
2: I was expecting that. Oh, I didn't think
1: that. Yeah, I thought that that was going to be landmines and I knew I knew Eddie was done once he told this little sob story about how he was broke. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs>
3: broke was- niggas got to die. <laughs> we Maybe. Saw
1: that coming, yeah. Again, yeah. we saw that I
3: mean, yeah. we saw it coming from that point. Like that yep. dude is about to die. That's he was before
4: he started backing up, we started talking
2: about how he broke we law like, oh, yeah, he gone. He, he started talking about how broke he was and all that nigga said sorry, bro. I mean it was- <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it was funny, It was like, damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> damn. <laughs> they said damn twice, like, damn. <laughs> man. Uh, this shit was so real to me, man. And when, when the
3: they had, had real one. moments they had real moments.
1: It did. Hey, what about when uh when Paul told him he said, <laughs> he said he said, "I understand your slant, slant, mama, or whatever." He said, "Pussy." <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said. Well, that, but you know. that he shit, was foul. That shit was foul, but funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, and that's <laughs> what was was old black
3: man would say. Yep,
1: mm-hmm. Paul, hey, was yeah. Paul was great. Paul was great. He, mean, mom, yeah, he, he killed that he shit. He didn't have
3: no in this movie for me. Nah, what, I, what I always had me cracking
2: up was Melvin as he always had some food and he was always had a, a drink of liquor in his head. <laughs> <laughs> always <laughs> doing yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not right here. He was always ah. having a good time, which
3: is why I was That's surprised.
4: A he I made say shit in every movie. It's like he got a tagline and he takes it that to Melvin. he <laughs> got
2: she got to. I loved it. When he said,
3: she. <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming at some point. You know it's coming at some point. Yeah. Did y'all see after the after was... credit scene? Nah. Oh, <laughs> they got the
2: whole, they got the whole cast to sit up there and go, she. <laughs> no, oh, no, you didn't. No, they didn't. Mike, tell me No, you lie. You lied. You lied. <laughs>
3: I can't believe you kept it on after the nah, I was about up. to I say, that movie, that
2: movie was too long. I didn't until somebody told me. I, somebody oh. there's an after. They didn't tell me what it was. They said, yo, did you see the after credit scene? I was like, really? There is one? So I was like, OK, let me go check it out.
1: And that's all it was. But were you guys waiting for it? Because I, I was yeah. like, you got to say it at some point. He's
2: going to say it. He was going to say it. Spike Lee always get him to say it whenever he put him in his movie. To be honest, I didn't know. I, didn't, I knew I
3: recognized his face. Mm. But I didn't realize it was Clay Davis. Okay. I, I feel you. I didn't. I didn't realize it at first either. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't realize it at first, and then when I did, I was like, "Damn it,
2: <laughs> man! He had to say it, man. He got to." It was. Well, he had another funny line. He was like, "Well, damn, Otis, you might as well put the gold bricks
3: on Craigslist." Yeah, <laughs> putting <laughs> it down. <was funny> <laughs> Uh, I give He does have some moments, but but a lot of those moments, just I, I just be like,
1: ah. So, all right. So he said they, they that was fucked up for him to turn on them white people like that.
3: Well, yeah, I was gonna
2: ask. Should they have kidnapped the white folks?
1: But was it a kidnapping though? Because they were walking without being tied up. It was. By, it was by gunpoint. Let him loose.
2: Oh. Paul. Paul wanted to kill him. Clearly, Paul. Paul yeah. wanted to kill him. But Paul wanted to kill him because he didn't know if they were going to go back and tell about mm-hmm. all that gold. So he knew that over in Vietnam, in the woods somewhere, they can go kill these motherfuckers and nobody would even know it was them.
4: How did they just so happen to be in the same stretch of woods that these other niggas was in?
2: Because they were looking for landmines and that was the stretch of the, the, the jungle that had the landmines. Remember wrong. those... Huh? I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. No, what did you say? No, go ahead. I was le- I need to let you finish. I was just, I was just saying that their whole purpose was they were I forget what the acronym was, but the, it was like it was you know, hey, LAM, I but I, yeah. it was like I forget what it stood for. Landmine something something. Their whole thing was they were over there looking for landmines. So it wasn't just that they just so happened to run up on them. The guy had that machine. Remember the the chubby guy? He had that detector. So it was, they were gonna find the landmines regardless of whether or not Paul and them were there.
3: Speaking of, it was too many, and that's another issue I had. It was too many just so happens for me in this movie. And that wasn't just so happens though. Well, well, well. kind of going back to, because I think we kind of skipped the, them actually finding the gold. We skipped that. Oh, goal. yeah. That wasn't
2: the just so happens either. They had, oh, you talking about because you want to took a shit. Yeah, it's like
3: right where the yeah. place you're about to take a shit is, like, team, team, team. I'm like, yeah. That was, I agree. I mean, they were close to
2: it. It would have made more sense if they found it a better way because, I mean, they had the coordinates and they were right there. But, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. That was stupid.
1: Yeah, I didn't rock with that too much. Plus, I thought they were making a lot of noise again. I'm like, somebody could find y'all. And mm-hmm. then, uh, But, yeah, when David found that goal, like, he had the highest, like, pitching, falsetto-ass laughs, <laughs> in the whole thing. They all were. Yeah. I would too. Yeah, yeah, millions of
3: dollars. Yeah, and then when they started started digging up the gold, I felt like that's one of those things that dragged out too long. They could have showed you.
1: Because I, I, I kept thinking that they were going to be attacked because it went on so long.
3: Mm -hmm. It's good.
1: Y'all
4: just two hours and thirty (laughs) five minutes.
2: Y'all didn't let yourselves be sucked into the film. I was. It was just. I felt there.
3: Mm-hmm. I, didn't like, I, didn't scene, I didn't need that That scene to go on that long in order to feel there i
2: i, li- I liked it i like the fact that they were realizing that that it was it must have been a landslide the shit moved around oh this is the box oh this ain't the box where is the shit i
1: like that i mean
2: I, I get it it could have been shortened but yeah.
1: you
3: know yeah just shorten. just shorten. i get it but yeah they, oh here go one Oh, here's a one over He's here. He's oh, here's the one over here. On here. <laughs> it's like, God dang, yo. Now,
2: nah, what? what was crazy is I thought that David was going to step on a landmine while taking a shit. <laughs> that's how he was going to go out. That would
3: have been funny as hell, too.
2: <laughs> Damn, what was going is when they found um, Norman. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. I was like, how the hell are they going to listen to the PTS dude talking about some, oh, yeah, this Norman? Nigga, how the hell you know what dead body is underneath all that?
1: He was the only dead body out there, right? And they had the name. To, they had the doll tags. Nick, I was just well, talking about
3: the way they found him, though. It's
1: like out of all
3: of this stretch of woods and and, and land. Like, oh, ow. he was
2: he was buried next to the gold, so they knew that it where they where he originally was was right next to the gold. At okay. some point, there was a a landslide, which okay. pushed them down the hill. So okay. they knew if the gold was here, Norman had he to be north. there. Yeah. I'll give you that one. I'm just saying. One. I'm just saying. With all, I feel, guys like, guys. I feel like I feel like
3: you should have been deeper in the ground in that. Yeah, you <laughs> did well, a couple of holes. Like, look, I, I understand that I might be nitpicking, but I'm just trying to tell you that it's too many things that took me out, and that, and that, and that's like I, I'm cool with 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 a certain amount of things that you know I'm not you know that 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 takes me out of something, but it was just too many things that moved me out of this film.
1: You know what I was trying to figure out? Could you really save somebody's life playing tug of War off of a landmine?
3: I feel like you
1: after they did it. I had to rewind it a few times, but
3: after they did it, I feel like you could. After after they did it, I was like, "Oh, that makes, that actually makes kind of sense." Like, you, let's just think about that. If you if you snap something like that, like. You're basically avoiding it. Why, avoiding right, you got to snatch
1: and run at the same time.
3: So he's jumping and snatching at the same going. time.
1: Yeah. That, that's, a, that's, that, that's fast. That's really fast. Yeah, no, I know. I've okay. I just. I've never heard of that before in my life or seen it. Leave it up to Spike, bro. I'm telling yeah,
3: you. Yeah, that was a really good direction. I, I really that's like cool. what he did with that. I, I really like what he did with that. From Them tugging him, him jumping. like, oh, that actually can work. That actually could work is is that the best scene in the movie for y'all it's between that and and um and um paul's solo scene he's in the, his, when monologue, he, yeah, his, his monologue yeah his monologue his monologue was was excellent like that he killed it his, he killed that monologue
1: you talking about when he was t- saying you're not gonna kill me
3: yeah, that whole stretch of monologue he was doing, I, I really thought he did a really good job with that.
1: He did like, a good job with that. He was looking
3: crazy, like he was like he was kind of talking to himself, and he was yeah. like, "I was like, man, he's killing that."
1: That's when it started to taper down for tape you. Problem, off off. yeah.
3: Damn. No, it it's still tapered off, but but I did I did enjoy that scene though. The yeah. only
2: moment I did not like of him is when he fell down that hill when. <laughs> that- <laughs> That that was hilarious,
4: boy. Oh, I, I think he actually did that stunt. Because he, he felt really
3: like an old man would. Now, that was believable. It was. When his foot got stuck. It was. And then he said, he didn't want to fall like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that?
2: He accepted the was, fall.
3: Yeah, <laughs> what? He, he was defeated.
2: He was defeated. Yeah. He was like, Snake <laughs> 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 I said, that is Delroy Lingo. That is not a stunt double. Yeah. I wound it back multiple times. I was like, what the fuck happened? Because he stopped at the top of the hill and then the bag just got caught for no fucking reason. <laughs> and then he just fell. I was like, what am I missing here? And yeah. I don't know what the fuck happened to his foot, but when he landed and he... Le- was that like,
1: was hilarious though. Yeah, that was like.
2: That took me out. That part took me out.
1: I was like, damn, you just stay fucked up because the snake fucked you out? Because he was just complaining the whole time. He was like, goddamn snake bite. And then he just toppled down the hill.
3: <laughs> no reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. What I did like though, when he cussed all the asses out and mm. ran with his gold and his son to his son's shot, like when he's walking. Through the woods, and he's just yelling. And the
3: Lord my shepherd, I
1: I, I want that, that shit. That yeah. I fuck with that yeah. shit right there.
2: He was having a breakdown, yes. he did such a good job portraying that when he was, and even when he wasn't saying actual words, he was just hollering.
1: Man,
2: he was just ah! it, it, it. I really felt it, and when That's he got true. into the woods, like. When you're talking about favorite scenes, when he got – when he finally found the ghost or whatever or the spirit of Storm and Norman. Yes. When it abruptly clicked over and he was Mm -hmm. digging that grave, I had to wind that back a couple times too because I was like, what the fuck? That was weird. But when he was talking to those dudes and they were like, tell us where your friends are, and he's like, I'll never tell you that. And they shot him. Man, that was probably one of my favorite scenes because yeah. that, that part hit me. Cause it cause you think, okay, yeah, he's so selfish. He said, fuck his friends, I'm taking my gold and I'm leaving. But when it came down to it and the guy was like, tell me where they are, he was like, I will never tell you. Those are still my brothers. I'm not I'm not doing it. Mm. He knew he was about to die. <laughs> I didn't even or, think that about that. or whoever was talking.
3: No, saying I didn't think about that. Cause I think by that time I was just ready for the movie to be over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about that,
1: that moment, and of out. course the standoff, you know, at the end is that, you know, I thought about uh, Storm and Norman, and how they end up splitting and going separate ways, and ultimately everybody in- ended up dying except Otis, and I wonder if that never happened, if the brotherhood, the blood, stayed together, and then divide would more of them have survived or would they have survived the whole thing just by, by being, you know, a, as one unit. And it just thought about just, just, just division and how you can split people apart and conquer them. But together you're stronger as one. No, nah, they still yeah. died, bro.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm about to say even Otis was ready to
3: die too at the end. <laughs> I
1: don't know, but yeah, but I mean, cause, cause, yeah, well, I guess you're right. I get what you're saying. The bond, just like the blood bond. It's yeah, like, just just yeah. like the messaging of, like, like you know, black people being together or people being together, just period. You know what I can I could yeah. definitely
3: see Spike doing that. hmm I can definitely now, see Spike doing that.
2: Mike, I agree. That Chadwick Bozeman scene with him and, and Paul, that was probably the, the best scene. That's probably the best acting I've seen Chadwick Boseman do, because I was really like, Paul has been carrying this movie so heavily. I was like, how can he match him in this scene? And he just to me he just played he played it well. And (laughs) Paul cried like a damn big ass baby. Boy, that was a grown ass man. That was the last cry. If you ever gonna have a last cry before you die, it's gonna sound like that. That hug was just like, I don't know, man. That hug it just felt like he's like, you can let me go now.
3: Yeah. Cool. It was an
4: accident. It was. Yeah, he was like, he's like, it was I forgive you, it was an accident.
3: Yeah, that was a real moment. Chad did really well.
2: He threw a jab at him too, though. He was like, "You
3: got me though. Got me though. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, but I still love you." <laughs> man, it, I, I like when he said that. It was something else he said too. What was the quote? He said, uh, "It was like it was like it's okay or something like that." What, how did he, he said it in a way though?
2: Yeah, I forget what he said too, but he said it in a way it was like it's okay. You can let me go.
3: Man, it was like, damn, that was powerful. Like, that was powerful.
2: And it just it's just crazy that right after that,
3: he, bah, bah, bow,
2: he gets yeah. fucking
1: killed.
3: Because he's like, it's all right, blood, or something like that. Or something and we like got a chance that.
1: to see what Paul was kind of seeing at times, too. Mm-hmm. And he's going through this while he's digging his own grave. So he's <laughs> making peace with with himself.
3: Yeah, that's, real symbolic. that's really symbolic, too. But you said that didn't hit you like that, though.
4: <laughs>
3: uh-uh. it is symbolic. Ken is making some really good points I
4: don't think I, I don't think I realized that he was having that vision as he dug his grave so that's probably why it didn't hit me I don't think I realized that for whatever reason I had the baby so I might not have been 100% in it at that point but mm-hmm. uh, yeah I don't think I realized that that was a vision he was having at that point in time
3: Oh. I don't think
2: it uh well, those two those two those two separate points? No, two no, separate that was, points. no, that was simultaneous. Like when he when he when he hugs Chadwick Boseman or Storm Number or whatever, immediately after that, we see him digging his grave. So oh. I think the whole point was he was but he was having that vision while he was digging the grave.
3: I'm Nay. I thought that was abrupt. I thought that was an abrupt cut. I didn't realize that was happening simultaneously.
2: I did at okay. first. Remember, I still had to rewind it back. I was like, what okay, the okay, okay. Is that? okay.
3: And okay.
2: then I was like, oh, I get it. He's about to see Stormy Norman anyway, so he's <laughs> yeah.
4: it. That, that makes sense that he because he knows he's about to die. He's coming to times with whatever demons he had. That you know, I actually I
2: didn't catch that. So yeah, what did y'all think about the, the, the final ending of it, how, that, that last action scene we got as far as how we get to deal with the brick situation? Because obviously, when Paul left, that was when the, the Vietnamese people found out that they, there was gold, and they're chasing them down to get it. How did y'all think about that conclusion of that uh, story? They knew the whole time, Nick. What do you mean? The Vietnamese people knew there, were, there was gold. Oh. No I mean like that. they that, that they had it and they were looking for them. No they they knew. Remember the the white dude is the one who hired them.
1: So Paul was uh, right about that.
2: Yeah, he was okay. right about 10, but he was right
1: about the Roche, double crossing them. Right.
2: Oh okay, yeah. So the double cross. I thought for some reason I thought uh oh yeah, cuz I didn't realize they were working together towards until the, the end. Yeah, when he showed up with Paul's hat on. Yeah. But how did y'all think about that ending?
1: So I, I like that 10 wasn't part of the double crossing. Um, that would have been a little, little too much. But um, I do like the fact that Paul's suspicions about um, everything that was going on uh, ultimately ended up being right to a certain point. And I wish they would have, you know, kind of came together to kind of Figure out what was what and and work together to get out of that situation. Um, but I think oldest came up with a good plan. Uh, the miraculous shot by David, you know, was a, a little much, but um, but nevertheless, I thought it was cool. Like you, I, I think I finally got a chance to see them in action, and I finally got a chance to see them be some badasses, and they were there were some badasses. For a brief moment, <laughs> he was still chewing. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> no. And then but, uh, the thing about the grenade because they they uh because um, old boy jumped on the grenade and I think they talked about the story earlier or they told the story earlier about the first black man to do that. Yeah, um, and they
2: were saying that they wouldn't do it.
1: Yes, and that okay. was
2: that was dope. Is that at the end, I mean, I I thought. I thought the acting was a bit off on that part because he was just like, oh, grenade! (laughs) (laughs) I thought they could have done that better, but symbolically, I thought it was dope because they've been saying earlier, I'm not jumping on no grenade. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to it and it's like, yo, your brothers are about to die, he jumped his ass on that grenade. He did jump on it like it was an above-ground pool or something. He, <laughs> right? It was weird. <laughs> belly flop on yeah. <laughs> His belly did flop. Why? Because <laughs> that grenade didn't even really do nothing. It was just like, Pfft. So I was thinking he wasn't dead until it ended. I was like, he's not dead, right? Because there was like, no he gut. To he, he ain't moved since. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe he hurt himself, but I didn't think
3: he was dead. Uh, you girl thought girl, he fell asleep? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh,
2: nah, I, I, I enjoyed that last part I, I, I like to see I, I hated to see I knew that the, the movie was going to end like bro they gonna go into the jungle they not gonna come all of them are not coming out I felt that way going in um, but I just didn't I, it's still kind of hard to see them go out the way they did because it was it was for it was just for the to get their brother out and just to get it was supposed to be an easy transaction an easy mission and
3: that's and, what I didn't like it felt real clean and slimish to me. I didn't want to see everybody die, die like that. Like, like the only person that made it out was Otis.
2: And you ain't even like Otis. Yeah.
3: No, 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 not <laughs> I didn't like Otis. I'm just saying, like he's the only. Like, I don't know. He I just wanted us to win. I he wanted, wanted us them to, to get the goal to get out. I wanted them to win. Like I didn't hey, want them to
2: die. My like, don't he sound like who came to see you, Otis? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that from? The well, yeah, you know they were all named after the Temptations.
1: Oh, I did oh, not know that. Melvin, oldest.
3: Come on, y'all! <laughs> Damn, I didn't. I, did,
2: I did not know that. I did not realize that.
4: Mm. I ain't. I ain't realize it either.
2: The only one that has an excuse is Nick. <laughs> mm. You right? You right? I'm from Detroit.
3: I don't even know why I didn't guess it. Damn. Yeah. I, you know why you didn't catch it? Because you, you was checked out in the movie?
1: I really was. I'm so
3: sad. I'm sure I didn't catch a lot of stuff because of that reason. I was yeah,
4: like, I got an hour and 45 minutes.
3: <laughs> I'm going to focus on, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: I, and then, I, I will say the opening scenes that they show with some of the um, the casualties from Vietnam, like with the mm-hmm. kids with the skin shit burnt off, I'll be honest. I think that threw me out of it initially. I was like, I can't watch like this. I don't. I can't. It's the, my spirit is too much going on right now. I don't want to see no shit like this. So I, the whole movie, I'm like waiting to see something gruesome. So I think my experience was kind of. I think that jaded because of the timing with everything going on with with the Wendy's and the, the protesting here and everything, all of that, because that happened right in front of my girlfriend's apartment. Like, it's just, it was just too much. And then I got Nicholas going to the army. I was just like, you know what? I don't think I'm in, I don't think I was in the right mindset to watch.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you guys, like, did this make this movie make you feel a certain type of way with everything going on in the current climate of today's world? Nay, hey, you already spoke your piece. I was wanting to hear from the rest of the guys. I mean, I thought it was dope that this shit was filmed well before what's happening right now. But it was still, in a way, prophetic. Because it's like, you know, when it ends with them, you know, donating the money to Black Lives Matter. Um, and then you got the people from Lamb, And I forget what the other bit of money went. Uh, say, so okay. say again? Oh yeah. To the wife, which I didn't really feel that part. Cause that whoever was the wife, even though she didn't say shit, she was a terrible actress. Uh, I, she didn't, I just didn't feel it when she turned around and hugged the son. I was like, that was really stiff. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I was, I was good with the ending that last scene, because I mean, if they really came out and they really just shot up everybody and they walked away and all everybody won, I'd have been like, come on, man, this ain't this ain't realistic. I, I was I was good with them dying, and I was good with the way they died. The fact that they went out helping each other get and 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 meet a certain goal. I was cool with that. And the way the way it ended, that scene ended with him dropping the Make America Great Again hat on top of Otis as he's bloody on the ground. I was like, man, this dude, Spike Lee, is a fucking, he's the shit. But yeah, I, I didn't have any problems with the ending. I thought the ending was great. I, I didn't it, I didn't give two fucks about Otis going back to hang out with his daughter. I didn't give a
4: was, fuck about that. I was going to ask you about that. I said when they started floating, smiling, that he was okay with that. No,
2: because um, I, I, I knew we had to get that floating scene because it hadn't happened. I was like, at some point, is somebody going to float? I didn't know who it was going to be. When it ended up being Otis and his fucking whatever daughter, I was just like, uh, this isn't going to ruin the movie for me. I don't give a shit about this. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get to know my daughter. Get the fuck out of here, man. Your daughter's 48. You ain't getting to know shit.
1: Yeah, it kind of went against what she had told him earlier (laughs) in the movie also. What did she tell him? You know, about, um, you know, the reasons why. Because he wanted to meet his daughter, and she wanted to know if that was her dad. And she basically kind of dismissed it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and and for them to come back, it was like, yeah, I can't leave without seeing you two. It was like, where was like? It's like they kind of fast forward ahead, but um, but that uh, around the movie, uh, all me. his friends just died. Yeah, and you really going to go
2: see this chick you ain't seen in forty something years? Smiling, smiling, nah. Mm-mm.
1: But um, but I I, I like the ending because what Norman was telling them to do. And what Eddie was trying to remind them of, of Norman's wishes came to fruition with the money going to black. So it went back to the people and um, you know, yeah, a bit went to the family, but it went to black lives matter and lamb. And I guess Otis kept his piece, and David kept his piece as well. But, um, but I thought that that was dope that, that, um, that there was some good, that came out of them finding that money. So instead of it being like this selfish thing that Paul turned around and ended up doing.
3: That's true. I I'll give you that. I'm a reparations, man. No, yeah, I I I'll give you that. They died they died for a cause. Like they died mm-hmm. for a reason versus Queen and Slim they just fucking died. And then right. it's not money.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say about the score as well. um, Oh, wait, before you get to that, Nick, real quick, I forgot about this part. Real fast, Nick. One thing I really thought was was really well done with this film is the way that Vietnam was, like, when that war was going on, it was on everybody's television. Like, the war was on TV and the protesters were on TV. And I love the, the parallel that Spike did with doing that with now where we're seeing the same shit. You're see, like back then you were seeing people dying and you know, all, although they were spinning it to make it seem like they were dying for a legitimate cause but you were seeing people dying but you were also seeing these protesters saying we shouldn't be over there, we shouldn't be over there. And now you're seeing cops killing black men and you're seeing the protests and everything is on television. So the fact that Spike Lee made that parallel, I thought was also, like, extremely dope.
3: I was about to bring up a score.
2: Yeah, like the, the Marvin Gaye. I think, Ken, is it, is it you or B who really is into Marvin Gaye? as like, the greatest. It's Ken. Ken. Yeah, hey. so, okay, I'm glad you're on it, because I wanted to get your thoughts on how Spike used, or uh, I think it was Spike who probably influenced that score. Can
3: how I that you first...
1: Go ahead. Go ahead, bro.
3: The reason why I want to take it first, this was one of the main things that took me out of the movie. Like, this is my probably the biggest critique I had about the entire film. It just didn't make sense in some places. Like, it just wasn't, going back to that, those believable moments, like, I just couldn't I you're not going to tell me that, that they were playing that type of music inside of a Vietnam bar. Like, you're not gonna t- and then, and then someone like like when it was in a the boat, they played the stereotypical war movie music, uh, I forgot what sound time. time yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, when time, time, yeah, they played time like that's in every that's in every war movie, like bro, come on like really- that was the
2: point, he did it on purpose
3: Oh, okay, yeah, what, like you mean he did it on purpose
2: he did because that that music is in every like he he was really looking to movies like apocalypse now, which okay. is why it was in that club, if you remember, when they were dancing around, it's in the background. Yeah. Um, He was, and and at some point, they were playing the same music that's played in Rambo, because he's driving home a point of, that shit is all phony.
3: Oh. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
2: No, I've been talking enough, go ahead.
3: I was gonna say, yeah, so I get that, but it still took me out of it. I get that he was driving out that, that point home, but that drive, you driving that point home is what actually takes takes me out of it. I love the Marvin Gaye songs. Mm-hmm. I love those songs. It just didn't work in some of the moments. I like the acapella that they did with him in, in, in that moment with uh, Paul. I didn't like when they were walking up the hill and they were singing it and then you hear the music over them singing. I didn't like that moment. It was just like the score was just... But but now that, Mike, you say that, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't
2: know. The, the score was weird.
3: Okay.
2: It was weird and it was off-putting. But I think what Spike Lee was trying to say was like, yo, y'all, y'all use this music that we made for these phony-ass moments. Let me take that shit and put it towards something real. That's how I took it. It was still weird and awkward, but a lot of the shit Spike Lee does is weird and awkward. So I'm kind of used to that.
1: I like, I love, not life, loved that he used the acapella of, of Marvin Gaye, the the pureness of, of his his voice, um, you know the sin- sincerity and uh, and issues that he was singing about. Like that album is still relevant in today's time, as relevant as it was back then, mm-hmm. and for me, it made sense to see them connect with that, especially coming back. They're old now. They've been... This is an album that he made to as his means of speaking out against that at a time where Barry Gordon told him, he was like, yo, nobody's going to listen to that shit. Nobody's going to like that shit. Mm-hmm. And he did it anyway because you know he felt passionately and strongly about it and it ended up blowing up and becoming a success. So you come back from Vietnam and this album was made addressing some of those issues though the plight of not only the war but also you know within the community I could easily see them listen to that album over and over again and coming back and singing that as they're going up the hill as the one thing that kind of tethers their past to the present and it was like and 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 using that to kind of get through this situation and for him to sing Marvin Gaye as he's about to die man that was and and the, and the look of confusion on their face like what are you doing what are you singing about like it was it it, it was beautiful man I, I loved it
3: i liked them singing Marvin Gaye coming up the hill i just didn't like the over overlay overlayed
1: on, on top yeah, yeah. they
3: could have they they, they could have took that out they didn't need that they didn't need that they didn't need the actual track it's like rappers rapping over their old lyrics. <laughs> you don't need that, man. For me, I loved it.
2: the The score was by Terrence uh, Blanchard. I I loved the. I mean, I I love any Marvin Gaye song for the most part, and obviously the one that was he playing. For the Most part. I mean, we can get to that. That's a whole other discussion. You didn't right? <laughs> have to add
1: that
2: other part, my brother. Damn. <laughs> I'm here, my dear Nick. <laughs>
3: Can't can't want to hey. tell you all about it. <laughs> so, was the overall consensus, because I wasn't here when we first started, was the overall consensus that you guys liked it and they and I are the only ones that didn't? It sounds like it, yeah. Wow. I really thought. We
2: on an island,
3: baby. It's okay. <laughs> Y'all together.
2: <laughs> it's it's It is okay because this is one of those films where I really don't expect a lot of people to like it because it didn't It was just it was weird even for Spike and it was clunky as fuck. But I thought in the end the clunkiness Because once I realized the clunkiness was intentional, it was okay. For the first almost hour I was like, this is clunky and it's fucking annoying me.
3: Mm -hmm. What did you hear was intentional?
2: Where did I hear it? I didn't hear it. I just when I oh you come about the part where with the old men
3: well, no, you, you're saying because you, you said it a lot in this review that you do, like. It sound like you had a, a source that said like some stuff was intentional.
2: No, I ain't got that mean mugger hookup. No. Oh. Okay. I, when I first, when I was first watching it, and the screen kept changing, I was like, "What in the fuck is he doing? Why is it going from? I don't know the. I know one is letterbox, but I don't know the other ones. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the terms are. Like, why was the why was the aspect ratio changing? Right. I didn't figure that out until the movie was fucking over, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So, part of it was, you know, when they were in the past, it would be in one ratio. Mm -hmm. when they'd be in the present, it was one, and then when they go into the jungle, it just becomes full screen.
3: Oh, that's why it was. Oh, I got that.
2: Yeah, I'm sure y'all. I'm sure you did, but when I was watching, I was just like, "Okay, this is really aggravating."
3: Thirteen reasons did something similar last
2: season. Oh, did they? Well, that yeah. shit was so bad I didn't even notice, I don't think. But <laughs>
3: that last season.
2: but like you, like you said, Rod, when, when Spike Lee does something, there's always a meaning. Mm-hmm. It just took me almost an hour to figure out, like, all right, he's doing mm-hmm. these weird techniques for a certain reason. Like, I was really annoyed when they were using the same actors with Chadwick Boseman. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Why is he doing this? This is annoying. And I still think it's annoying. But I know it's intentional, so it makes sense. I got you. But no, I don't have any. I don't have any inside information. There was one interview Spike Lee did. It was, it was very short. Um, I forget who it was. Some white lady. I forget who it was. But I haven't really seen him talk that much about this movie since. I don't know. The production value was, was
1: how- really high. on ESPN a couple of times. Oh, prove- did he? Uh, yeah, but that was it. He like. Didn't really get a chance to go into details about it. Um,
2: maybe because maybe of the whole coronavirus, he hadn't had time
3: to really promote it as it was coming
2: out. But it's trending number one right now on
1: Netflix. Um <laughs> Obama <laughs> didn't even get that high.
3: Oh, people are interested in the movie. It's like anytime, like, everybody's like, oh, yo. Because, like, anytime anybody said, like, you have that. like, your brother came over. He's like, oh, y'all watching? What happened?
2: Tell me that was from your house. Did did a little girl just whisper. I heard a I heard a whisper, heard a that whisper too. I... That was me. Oh.
3: Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. You watch too many scary movies. I to do. <laughs> and, nah. I thought it was that That's Vietnamese funny. kid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one else reacted, Nick. So I was like, am I the only motherfucker that heard that?
3: I just assume I just tune it out because it's kid. You got kid, you got me, like, so you I just tune that type of stuff out. Yeah. Um, damn! I lost my train of thought. My <laughs>
4: brother came over and people
3: are watching. Yeah, yeah, it was like a few people. Like, like her brother came over. was like, oh yeah, how's that? How is that? And then um we had someone, um one of um, our youngest daughter's friends for the night. Her mom came. It's like, oh yeah, how's that? Yeah, how's that movie? Like, so people are know about it and they want to watch it. I think Netflix is pushing it. They are. Yeah, they it as yeah. a black
2: um. What were they calling it? Like a black,
4: black Lives Collection, Black Lives Matter
2: Collection, something like that. <laughs> so it's on. It's on the front page right now. <laughs> they, they treat it, it like about. the MCU. It's the Black MCU. <laughs> it's, it's
3: real. It's for real. I don't know if you're on Netflix, but they have an actual section called Black Lives. You no, know, I, I, I
2: see it every uh, yeah. Every time I click on Netflix, it, it shows up, and I'm like, all right, I. We know I, you. You like
3: don't want to watch all of these.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
1: It was one day I was like, I don't know how I feel about this one. What was it? So I opened the, the, um, you know, this review with, I think I like it. And having had the time, because I had just watched it today and I just finished um, like a 6.15. So um, one of the things I was saying, I haven't really had a chance to sit and process it, but talking through it, you know, with you guys and just reflecting back on a lot of the scenes and the symbolism and some of the moments, the music and et cetera, you know, yeah, I I do like the movie. I love, even when I was watching it, like halfway through, I was like, man, I was, it, it really was a Paul. I was so caught up in just him. And, you know, how the four of them, when they interacted on screen, how they just reminded me of old black men I grew up with and, and knew, And, from the dialogue to the mannerisms, like everything. And it felt very real and black to me. They addressed issues. I was able to laugh. You know, there was a moment where I, I, I felt like emotional about some scenes. So overall, it was a it was a good movie. And, and part of like the way I evaluate films is like, would I recommend this to somebody else to watch? Or would I want to sit down and rewatch this you know, like, like with my wife or my in-laws. And, you know, I've come to the conclusion that I would because I would like to watch it again, but I I don't think I can sit and watch it by myself again. I, I drag somebody along with me. But, um, but yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good.
3: I do agree with you, like with the whole sentiment of um, talking it out with you guys. I I, I I do, I still don't like it, but it helps me understand it a little bit more and it help, helps me, like, kind of look at it with a different eye, with a different eye. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's what I like about doing these with y'all. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, yeah, you, you know, like before I, I would probably never recommend this to anyone, but now I probably like, you know you know what, check it out. You might like it. You know what I'm saying? You, you might like it. But before I really didn't, I, I just really didn't like it, man. And it might've been the headspace I was in as well. With like, kind of like name, the headspace I was in. just, it felt like a task. Yeah, I, didn't watch I get all that. The time. It was just like, oh, okay, I gotta watch this for the review. I would have just like been in the house chilling. Like, let me pop this on and see what it's about. I probably would have been. It probably would have. known not for you. <laughs> I'd have turned it off. I was like,
4: I'm
2: not doing this for two hours <laughs> and thirty-five minutes. It's done. it's the length. La- it's a it's it's either an hour too long or definitely 35 minutes too long. Like that yeah. last part is just like, all right, you could have cut a lot of this shit out. Did you
4: guys? Did you guys watch Miracle of Saint Anna? Mm-hmm. Did you like that? you did mm-hmm. I, I did at the time when I watched it but when I was watching this that's what I felt like I because I, I, I didn't it, it didn't come together for me and I felt when I watched this I was like I feel like maybe war movies aren't his thing but because I know Miracle of Saint Anna got got pretty bad reviews, like people didn't like that film. So I wonder yeah. if like he takes a, the angle he takes at war movies is like so different than most war movies do that people just don't jive with it. And I don't know if that was maybe my problem. Like I said, either I was just in the wrong headspace, or I'm just not with the angle he takes his war movies through because I'm used to seeing that traditional kind of like fighter story mm-hmm. motherhood type thing. He focuses on the brotherhood, but all the other stuff is so different. So I don't, I don't know. That's when I was watching this, that's what it put me in the mindset
2: of Miracle of St. Anna didn't strike me as a Spike Lee film when I first watched it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So at first I was just like, you know, I'm used to Spike Lee with the message, message, message. And I didn't get that yeah. with Miracle of St. Anna. So, I mean, I did end up liking, it. I thought it was fine. But as a Spike Lee film, it definitely does not rate anywhere near the top. It's, it's definitely closer to the bottom. This one was message every every five minutes. So I think that's why I enjoyed this one more. Like This, this felt like listening to a fucking Kendrick Lamar album and trying to figure out all the shit that he's trying to convey. And I definitely will watch this again, maybe even tomorrow. I will definitely watch this again because... Shit, I'm, I guarantee there's all kinds of shit that I missed. Yeah. And this definitely feels like one of those films that once you know how it ends, you need to go back and try to pick out, okay, that's why this person did this. That's why this person said that. That's why this happened. So I'm gonna give it another go. Yeah, it seems like uh, Rotten Tomatoes, everybody, all the critics really liked this. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 92%. They have to.
1: Uh,
2: right now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, white but people do not say anything bad about a black film right now. This is the <laughs> oh, best yeah. time to put out a black film because white people are going to love it regardless. Yeah, there was a, a one of them commented saying it's a fierce energy and ambition course through the five bloods coming together to fuel one of Spike Lee's most urgent and impactful films. Do y'all agree as far as. Did this make you like this is the Spike Lee that I want to see more?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would like to see him go down and do do more of these. What Paul say? I am that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I am that motherfucker.
4: <laughs> I, don't I, I wanna agree with it, but I don't think I agree.
3: I don't. Yeah, I'm on the fence. So I don't know, man. I, I kind of want to see Spike Lee get away from the typical Spike Lee stuff. Like I did. I don't think so. I think it still felt very Spike Lee-ish to me. This? Yeah, it did. Like, some of the things he was doing, like, from the music to the shots to... Huh. Um, yeah, I, I felt like some. it still felt like Spike Lee. Like, I, I want him to just do something. I know it sounds weird, but, like, something regular. <laughs> he did. He did Black Klansman. Black Klansman was something regular. Hell no, that wasn't... I don't think so.
1: Well, that's what you're I, asking for.
2: Black Klansman was totally different from a regular Spike Lee film. It wasn't awkward. There were no weird shots. It was just a regular ass movie. But it just sucked. It did suck. <laughs> it, didn't suck. It, it did suck. It, didn't, it, it did not suck. It was It was a... It was a good film. It was I not. It was a, I, I
4: need to go back and watch it. I feel like <laughs> I thought it sucked, but I don't remember it sucking as bad as everybody said it did. So exactly. I want to watch it again to see if like did, it, did I really not like it like that? I don't recall.
3: I don't think Denzel's uh, son did a good job. Of
1: every, every time Mike and Robbie like, man, Black Clown was we'll talking like, ah! mm. <laughs> <laughs> But that's why (laughs) Spike Lee
2: shouldn't do different shit, because he's not good at it. Is is
4: that the story, or is that the direct? I thought it was
2: both. I thought the story was boring as hell, and I thought the way he directed it was boring as hell. When I say different,
3: wait wait a minute. minute,
2: Are you talking about like a rom-com? You want Spike Lee to do something like that? I do.
3: I think he'd be dope. She's
4: got to have it. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. That ain't no
3: (laughs) rom-com. Very Spike Lee's, though. It still was though. It still, was, yeah, like, they
4: broke out in the song and shit. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, I do
3: want to see something like a wrong. I want, that's what I mean by you. You're onto something. Like that's what I mean by like something regular. Like you wouldn't know was Spike Lee unless you said unless you saw his name. He's like, oh shit, Spike Lee did that. I want him to. I want. I still don't think he's done a project like that yet.
2: I think he can't help but have a message in his stuff because, like,
3: I can understand like
2: if you want to see him do regular like a buddy cop film but he'll make that cop film about racism, right?
3: <laughs> like, like, it ain't, like ain't going to get that. bad boys. And that, you ain't going to get bad was, boys out of Spike. No. ain't going to get bad boys <laughs> out of Spike. But I feel like he could, he could hide it tone in it down Tone it down, just, it down a just a little bit. He
2: ain't oh my tone my. Shit it down
3: there That's what I was going to say, Mike. I'm going to take that out. I ain't going to put the energy out there. I get you. You're right. Why? Like, it's just something I personally want to see. But I'm not mad
4: if he continued.
3: Did do Inside what it Man? Inside Man wasn't normal. Yes. Inside no, was, was Man was good. No, it was good. I'm saying, but it still had a tie to it. It still had a. Uh, right, but hit. it
4: wasn't. To me, I don't remember it being like an your face. That is his most like, normal. That's the like, most normal like he's gotten. Everybody floating. I, and then the they did, weird
3: shots. They
2: floated. Yeah, floated, like, Denzel, uh, Denzel floated like a Denzel floated. It was a good <laughs> float. <laughs> yes.
3: It makes sense for why he floated. I just don't remember it being like, oh, hit over your head. I will give you oh, that you. that was probably probably outside of his box a little bit. I will give you that. But, but Denzel was
4: in it. So Denzel could <laughs> be anything to me.
3: But, but but Denzel and Spike is a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Be a thing in a regular movie. Who
3: else who else right
2: now, what other black filmmaker is making movies the way Spike Lee makes movies? No one. That's what I said. Exactly. So I feel, like, I feel like, not that I'm disagreeing with you necessarily, but I feel like saying, well, we, I want to see Spike do something completely different and normal. It's like, but anybody can do something completely different and normal. I, I feel like we need more Spike Lee's to make quirky, artistic, maybe sometimes ain't that great movies. Barry
4: Jenkins. Who? Uh, the dude who did *Bill Street and Moonlight.
2: Facts. But he's but he's he doesn't do his movies the way Spike Lee does. I think he's amazing as a filmmaker, even though I didn't really love Bill Street that much. You finally watched it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked his directorial it, eye. I beautiful. didn't like the way he did it, but he makes beautiful
4: films.
2: He <laughs> does make beautiful <laughs> films. They're just not good. Always not always good. Uh, all right, we're not here to bash on Barry Jenkins right now. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. But you were saying, Mike, you you were leading on to well, I I think with Rod's point, maybe it's because I feel like with Rod is more like your director's back. I want to see all the tools you got in your bag. I've seen enough of this wrench and this hammer. Can you do something with this screwdriver? You know what I'm saying? Like I want to see, like I I, I do want to. I like seeing a wide range of of like like a. Like a Spielberg. Spielberg has a wide range of films, from serious to funny to kids to acts. You know what I mean? Like I don't, don't say a shit, shit about Tarantino. Y'all, y'all only do this shit to black people. Why can't black people have a niche and stick with it?
3: But what? I'm, I'm, what? I'm, I'm not disagreeing with black. you. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just, it's just a personal thing. I just want to see it. I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. I think he could do it. I, I really think he could do it. He don't want to. I, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine.
2: Poor Spike, you did you did you ever go see real quick? Did you ever go see the Sweet Blood of Jesus? Y'all hell no. It's
4: bad.
2: It's yeah. fucking trash. Oh, why would we? But uh, the point I'm saying is, I don't think Spike Lee can make anything but this type of film. And he we started to- watching it though, we
3: did. Huh? You remember it was? On oh, before? it's so it's so bad. <laughs> you remember it was no, where you, 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 should you have it? with me? Yes, it was here. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You don't remember this? I
4: don't remember.
2: The whole point is, hey. don't don't bother because it's trash. I know. That's what we were saying. But it's because Spike Lee tried to do something different. When he when he's in his bag, he's fine. When he tries to do something else, he fucks up. Let Spike be Spike. I don't want the sweet blood of Jesus or Black Klansman no more.
3: You found it. I, I don't know what you found. You, we <laughs> really was watching it one day and we turned it off. <laughs> All right, and it, any last it was, like a, it was on... like a fake passion of the Christ. Nice try, Nick. <laughs> Any last thoughts on, on, on the film or just Spike Lee in general?
1: Uh, show this man some love, man, because I know he went through, like, you know, a rough time. Um, he know, always
3: go through do. a rough time for all his movies.
1: <laughs> well, you know, he had he had a like a nice, solid run where everybody was like, man, Spike Lee is the greatest. And then he kind of, you know, hit a little bump in the road, man. But I, I, I feel like I get the sense that he's not really, really appreciated enough. So, you know, let's give this man his flowers while he's here. Let's celebrate his greatness. Um, you know, if if Black Klansman ain't in or Sweet Blood of Jesus ain't it, and this is it, that's fine. He can make his mistakes. But we got great stuff in addition to the mediocre stuff, like I- any other white director or writer out there.
3: So. Yeah. Like I started this thing off, even though I didn't like it, I appreciate Spike Lee. Like I'm, i I want to make sure that's clear. I made, mean, I wanted to make sure that was clear from the beginning of this review that, look, I cannot like a Spike Lee movie and still respect the shit out of Spike Lee, straight up.
1: Yeah. Feel that. I mm-hmm. This one. Like, yeah. Got
3: several that were. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> For me, record, oh, this track record is good.
2: For me, I, I, I think he's on – I want to see his next film even more because I, I like Black Plansman. I really like this film. I'm ex- excited to see what he can do moving forward. Um, I think he's on a roll right now. Kent, to your point, he was on a dip, like a huge dip, and people were kind of, I guess, questioning his greatness, like maybe his peak is past, and was he just, you know, uh, one of his greats in a certain era, not a great overall? But I'm, I'm really happy to see a film like this, and I, I just can't wait to see what he does next.
3: I think what messed him up, he started listening to like the uh, Clint Eastwoods of the world and shit. They was telling him that he can only make a, they they were telling him that he can only make a certain type of movie and he can't really go outside of his. And I think that kind of messed with him a little bit. Do y'all
2: remember that movie,
3: Mike? I do. I do.
2: And I I remember wanting to tell Clint Eastwood to shut the fuck up because he's only done a couple movies and they were basically the same fucking movie. Right. I was going to say, Clint Eastwood, he, he do the same type of movie all the time. Every time. I mean, they're good, but he does the same shit. But who right. would have thought Spike Lee would make a Vietnam War movie? Right. So, I feel like we should give him a little bit of credit for jumping out the box a little bit, but I think we should give him even more credit for 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 pulling in something like Black Men in the Vietnam War and still putting that in the Spike Lee box. And I thought he I thought he did a great job. I would never argue with someone that didn't like it, because I get it. But personally, I, I really thought he did a great job.
3: So, so, I, I, the production value was high. I don't know if y'all said that it might have got buried, but yeah, I did. I did like the production value that was brought into this film.
2: Well, those are our thoughts for this film, the, uh, the Five Bloods. Please let us know on the FPS podcast as far as the Reddit thread, and that's the same handle for Twitter and IG. What you all thought of this film? Do you like Spike Lee's direction? Did you not? Are you excited for his next film? Or are you not? Let us know. Um, and also send us your recommendations as well. We're definitely tuning in for those. Uh, but i will do it for us this week. We out. Peace. Peace. Bye.